today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You need the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit to live a holy life. I know this is deeply profound. Holy Spirit, holy life. Obedience. It comes by the Holy Spirit indwelling us, enabling us, empowering us. It's the how of the Holy Spirit to obey the what of the Holy Word. That's how it works. Pastor J.D.'s message there is simple. You can't be good enough on your own. There's absolutely no way to be perfect, to become holy in God's eyes. But God's still calling you to be holy. So what do you do? Well, Pastor J.D. will remind you today that you can do what God's asking if you engage the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah chapter 7 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. What I desire is obedience over sacrifice. Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. I don't want you to rush past this, because at first read it's easily missed. I want it to be well with me. In fact, truth be made known, I pray to this end. I want things to go well in my life. Lord, bless my life. I want things to go good. I want it to be well with me. And here's God going, I want that too for you. I so want to answer that prayer and grant you that grace, but you've not obeyed me. You've not obeyed me. Yet, verse 24, they did not obey or incline their ear, but followed the counsels and the dictates of their evil hearts and went backward and not forward. Oh, isn't that how it is? I mean, listen, it takes no effort to backslide. It takes absolutely no effort to backslide. I mean, it's the inclination (laughs) of our hearts. By the way, you've, uh, I'm sure, heard this expression, perhaps again, even said this yourself. And again, I'm not trying to be derogatory or mean or harsh or anything, but you know that saying, oh, just follow your heart. No, don't follow your heart. We're going to see in Jeremiah, the heart is deceitfully wicked. Don't follow your heart, the dictates of their evil hearts. Don't follow your heart. Follow the Lord. Your heart will deceive you. It's called self-deception. Your heart is deceitfully wicked. Don't follow your heart. Your heart will lead you down the wrong path, and you will go backward, not forward, and it won't take much. It's almost like this magnetic pull away from God. When you follow your heart, 
the dictates, counsels and dictates, that's specificity and detail in what they were doing. I have a question I want to ask. I think you would agree that God has everything. And you know that saying, you know, what do you give to the person that has everything? What what is it that we could ever give to God that He does not necessarily have? Answer, obedience. That's the one thing that we can give to God that He does not necessarily have. And that's what he's saying here. I want your obedience. I don't want your sacrifice. Listen, this was what they did. They offered the sacrifices. Again, he's not diminishing or dismissing the importance of the sacrifices. But what he's saying is, your sacrifices are meaningless and pointless. In fact, they are repulsive to me, because they're not accompanied with obedience. How is it for you as a parent, when your children do something for you or give something to you, but they're not obedient? How do you respond to that? (laughs) Every year, Father's Day, my birthday, which I don't really want to talk about, and Christmas, my kids will ask me, Baba, what do you want? for your birthday. And now it's just an ongoing joke, but I always say, I just want your obedience. And they laugh, ha ha ha, what do you really want? No, I really want your obedience. (laughs) Don't go out and buy me an expensive gift with my money anyway, and give it to me. I just want your obedience. Just obey me. That will bless me. That's the best gift you can give to me. It's your obedience. Don't go out and sacrifice and make something or buy something or do something and then give it to me. If you're not going to be obedient to me. Because it's almost an insult. It's almost like this. You're trying to overcompensate for your disobedience by offering this. You know the sacrifice? You know what I had to go through and do to get this for you? Uh, I see what you're doing here. You know what's harder than a life of obedience? Wait for it. A life of disobedience. Let me say the same thing in a different way. It is infinitely more difficult to live in disobedience to the Lord than it is obedience to the Lord. Now, we need to be careful again here, because a holy life comes vis-a-vis the Holy Spirit. This is not something we can manufacture in and of ourselves. We can't make vows or promises, God, I'm going to be more obedient, I'm going to try harder. No, no, stop, 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 stop. No, you're not. You need the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit to live a holy life. I know this is deeply profound. Holy Spirit, holy life. Obedience. It comes by the Holy Spirit indwelling us, enabling us, empowering us 
It's the how of the Holy Spirit to obey the what of the Holy Word. That's how it works. And the man or woman to be pitied is the man or the woman who tries in their own strength, in the energy of their own flesh, to walk in obedience. It will never happen. It will never happen. Try as you may. Make all the promises you want. Make all the vows you want. Lord, from here on, I vow to you, I promise you. And... (laughs) Well, I'll just speak for myself. I, I make a, I'll make it about maybe five steps, five minutes, and I've already messed up. Well, I'm sorry, Lord. Okay, I'm going to try harder. And the Lord's like, would you please stop doing that? It's not going to happen. Disobedience comes by way of the Holy Spirit. Verse 25, since the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt until this day, I have even sent to you all my servants, the prophets, daily, rising up early and sending them. There it is again. Yet they did not obey me (laughs) or incline their ear, but stiffen their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Therefore you shall speak all these words to them, but they will not obey you. You shall also call to them, but they will not answer you. Oh, Jeremiah, I can't wait to meet you, Jeremiah. What must have this been like for you? I think it was, some believe, about 42 years. His ministry was 42 years of this. Preaching, prophesying, proclaiming, and they would not only not hear or heed, but instead they would stiffen their neck. They would not listen. I'm convinced that if Jeremiah were alive today, he would never be invited to speak at a pastor's conference. I mean, come on, look, he's had nobody respond to his preaching. You know who we should get is Jonah. He had a whole city repent. Let's have Jonah come and he'll be the main speaker at our, but not Jeremiah. Not one person. (laughs) Not one person. Again, this goes back to how we think in our day, right? It's all about the numbers, the followers. It's all about the likes the subscribers. The more followers, the more subscribers, the more likes. Verse 28, So you shall say to them, This is a nation that does not obey the voice of the Lord their God, nor receive correction. Hang on to that. Truth has perished and has been cut off from their mouth. This is quite astonishing imagery. Truth is dead. They're going to schedule the memorial service for truth. It's perished. And it's been cut off from their mouth. In other words, there's no truth. They cut it before it could, it's gone. It's dead. And what about this, they don't obey. We got that. We're 
getting our minds around that, but nor would they receive correction. Hmm. So if they did receive correction, would they have obeyed? Yes. What's the takeaway here? Well, I think the lesson here is very clear. We need to be honest with ourselves, and we need to ask ourselves if we are among those who obey the Lord because we're numbered amongst those who receive correction from the Lord. You know, in what we affectionately refer to as the pastoral epistles, Titus and Timothy, we have the list of the qualification of elders. It's unfortunate because it says and is translated and rendered able to teach. That's better understood, teachable, teachable. An elder must be teachable. Because if you think about it, they're not really able to teach unless they're teachable. They have to be able to receive correction. They have to be teachable. We had an acronym on the mainland. I'm careful nowadays using this acronym because, well, we live in a day and age where you just about can't say anything about anyone, anytime, anyhow, anyway. But I'm going to anyway. <laughs> the acronym is FAT. Just stay with me. The person that we were considering to serve in ministry or be on staff or certainly serve in any position of leadership, they had to be fat. Fat's okay too, just saying. But they had to be faithful, available, and perhaps more importantly, teachable. Fat. If they weren't teachable, no can. <laughs> no can. They have to be teachable. They have to be able to receive correction. I think about, my wife and I were just talking about this again, Roy Hessian in that classic work, The Calvary Road. I don't recommend it for the faint at heart. It'll convict your heart to the core. But he draws this comparison between the worm and the snake. And you step on the worm and you break the worm and the worm just breaks. But you step on a snake, it hisses at you and bites back at you and it doesn't break. I think we're snakes. Is it okay if I say that? <laughs> it's true. Sadly, truth be made, no more more like the snake than we are the worm. When we're stepped on and broken, we don't receive it. We hiss back at it like the snake. I heard, this is again many years ago on the mainland, I heard someone say, everybody wants to be a servant until they're treated like one. I'm going to let that sit for just a moment. Let the Holy Spirit take it from there. We're bond slaves, right? We have to be teachable. Because receiving correction is the catalyst for obedience. 
Verse 29, cut off your hair, cast it away. I don't have that problem. Too late. That ship sailed already. It's a symbol of mourning and lamentation. Take up a lamentation on the desolate heights. For the Lord has rejected and forsaken the generation of His wrath. For the children of Judah, verse 30, have done evil in my sight, says the Lord. They have set their abominations in the house, which is called by my name to pollute it. Do you realize what they did? If you can imagine, they brought these abominations into the temple. They brought them in, they set them up in the temple. That'd be like you bringing, I don't want to get too graphic here, bringing something abominable. First of all, you wouldn't get very far. You bring something like that into this God's church, we're going to lay hands on you, and not in the way you think, (laughs) in the biblical sense. You ain't bringing that in here. This is holy ground. You're going to bring in that abomination? Again, there's a disconnect, there's a disenfranchising, because, ah, we would never do that. Really? I can tell you stories. You could probably tell me stories, too, about churches bringing into the church, and God forbid, into the pulpit the secular, to mar the sacred. That's what they were doing. They were marring, nay, even polluting the temple of God. And, verse 31, they have built the high places of Tophet, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom. We'll come back to that in a moment to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I did not command, nor did it come into my heart. God never accepted human sacrifice, as the pagan gods did. And they were sacrificing and burning alive their babies, their sons, their daughters. Yeah. Therefore, behold, The days are coming, says the Lord, when it will no more be called Tophet, or the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. For they will bury in Tophet until there is no room. This is, wow. Bear with me, I'll try to explain this as best as I can with the help of the Holy Spirit. But For those of you that have been to Israel with us, or have been to Israel, outside the city walls of Jerusalem, there's this valley, very steep hill. In fact, the buses will, you know, will go along the side of the road. And down below is this valley. And in this valley, at this time, they have this iron statue called Molech. And this iron statue had a hollow belly opened, and they would light a very hot fire that would burn in the belly of this iron statue 
of Molech in this valley, and the arms of the statue were out. And these are the Israelites. They would bring their unwanted pregnancies, pre-abortion, because of their sexual immorality, they had unwanted pregnancies and babies. So they would bring these babies and they would put them on the arms of this burning hot iron statue of Molech there in the valley, and the baby would burn alive and they would sacrifice the baby. You know that expression, fire in the belly? That's where it comes from. The fire in the belly of this iron statue. And they would play the drums really loud to cover up the cries of the babies. Again, I'm, I'm sorry, but it, this is as raw and as real as it really needs to be. Because it's the same thing today. It's not an iron statue or a fire in the belly. It's really a solution in the belly that kills the baby. And this was all under the banner of worshiping the God and goddesses of lust and sex and fertility and prosperity. And God saying, when the Babylonians come, the bodies, and as we're going to read in verse 33, and the corpses are going to be stacked so high in this very valley that you have burned your children alive in. You know when I say that the prophetic parallels are chilling, this is why the prophetic parallels are chilling. Verse 33, the corpses of this people will be food for the birds of the heaven and for the beasts of the earth, and no one will frighten them away. This would have been unthinkable, especially in that culture, and even to this day, to not have a proper burial for the dead. Verse 34, then I will cause to cease from the cities of Judah and from the streets of Jerusalem the voice of mirth, and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride, all gone. For the land shall be desolate. And this is exactly what would happen. Some 40 years after this, 40 plus years, exactly what would happen. I would love nothing more than to be able to end the chapter, and with it the Bible study on a more perky note. But I cannot. I cannot. The strength of this needs to be this strong, because this is what's coming, not just to this nation, but to this world. Judgment is coming. Judgment and destruction are coming. And here we have this solemn and sober description of that which will come. And I'll even take it further and say it is sooner than any of us can possibly imagine. And in some ways we're already beginning to taste from that cup. The judgment of God. The judgment of God. 
Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. If you're enjoying these teachings in the book of Jeremiah, we encourage you to continue following through this series with us and to read on your own, too. God may reveal some things to you that you'll find interesting. In Spirit and Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. He also gives prophecy updates weekly that touch on the things happening right now. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. If you'd like to access any of these things on our mobile app, you can do that too. Go to the Resources tab on our website. You can download from there. That's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Jeremiah. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. But until then, be thinking about what you heard today, what it meant for the people then, and what it means for you today in the here and now. Come learn what's coming up next here on In Spirit and Truth. Truth, truth.